Hey there, you are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 40, Your Thoughts Matter. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am so happy to be with you this week, and also, happy February. I was in Target today and noticed that most of the Valentine stuff was already looking kind of picked over, and there was Easter candy on the shelves, which, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. I think Easter candy is the best candy of the year, but it does seem a little early for that, so I guess that's how we roll these days, right? Guess I better get out my little box of Valentine's decorations before it's too late. So last Sunday, I had the opportunity to speak to the youth of our ward, and I love talking about these concepts with teenagers. I love seeing the little ahas and light bulbs going off, and the kids and the adults too. We all have those moments, right? And you know if you've listened to this podcast for very long that I love tying the tools of coaching in with the principles of the gospel. They just really complement and support each other, and to me, it's all just truth, and the parallels are just really remarkable. And the thing I love about bringing the concepts and skills and tools that I use in coaching to the gospel is that many times they provide the how of the what's we hear in the gospel. For example, we are told to be forgiving, but sometimes the how of that can be really hard when we've been deeply hurt by someone. We're told to have compassion and charity, but what about when someone's doing something we think is wrong or not fair? We are told from the time that we are tiny that we are divine and children of God. But then why do so many of us as adults feel like we'll never measure up or be enough? So for me, learning how to retrain my brain and choose what to think on purpose was the key to understanding what all of these things we're encouraged and even commanded to do, right, really mean and how to make them a reality and implement them into my own life. And I believe that learning how to be in control of our minds, to be intentional about what we think and believe about ourselves and about others and the things that happen in the world is one of the purposes of our time here on earth. These skills will go with us into the next life, and I believe that we will continue to build on them and use them to progress on our eternal journey. And what a gift to know these things in the world we live in today. I shared a quote in my presentation from Elder Neil Anderson. I think I've shared this here before, but it's one of my favorites. He said, we know as we approach the second coming of the Savior that our world will be filled full of commotion and confusion. As evil increases in the world, there is a compensatory spiritual power for the righteous. As the world slides from its spiritual moorings, the Lord prepares the way for those who seek him, offering them greater assurance, greater confirmation, and greater confidence in the spiritual direction they are traveling. So this quote was given back in 2015, and I want you to think about how much more commotion and confusion has come into the world since then, in the past couple of years even, right? But we are also being given compensatory spiritual powers, and I believe one of those is learning how to manage our minds and our emotions around all of it. Being able to think and act and feel as our highest selves even in the midst of pandemics and social unrest and politics and stories on the news and people using their agency to hurt others and contention and not seeing eye to eye with the people we love. It's a lot, right? Especially when we don't understand the power that we have within ourselves to stay in control and to control our perceptions and our words and our actions in these situations. 
And as I was thinking about what I wanted to say, um, you know, as I was preparing to speak to these teenagers, I kind of got a little overwhelmed because there's just so much, so many great tools, so many helpful principles that I could teach them. There just wasn't enough time in that little window to touch on everything. And so I thought, what is just one little thing I could help them understand that they could walk away with today and implement in their lives? And what I came up with was just super simple, super basic, but also very powerful. And it's this idea that we get to choose our thoughts, right? We don't have to believe everything that we think. We have thousands of thoughts go through our heads every day. But how often do we question those thoughts? How often do we stop to take notice of what we are thinking and how that thinking is affecting us? Most of us don't even know what we're thinking, let alone what it's creating in our lives, right? That takes awareness. It takes intention. Because here's the deal. Our brains are generally not going to offer us positive, optimistic, happy thoughts. It's just not how it's wired. Your brain, our brains have negativity bias that just comes with the territory of being human. In fact, we have a few things working against us that can hold us back from accomplishing the things we'd like and living up to our, you know, our true potential in this life. So the first thing we have working against us is just the fact that we have a human brain. This is a very simplified explanation, but we essentially have two parts to our brain. The higher brain, which includes, you know, our prefrontal cortex, which is basically responsible for our higher level thinking, our speech and language, our decision making, moderating our social behavior. It's basically what gives us our agency, right? And sets us apart from animals. And the lower part of our brain is very automatic, very primal. It's in charge of our automatic responses and habits, regulates the systems of our bodies. Think about, you know, the respiratory system, the cardiovascular system, your digestive system. If you think about everything our body does in a day without us even having to think consciously about it, it's pretty amazing, right? And this part of our brain is wired to promote our physical survival. Your lower brain is always following the motivational triad, which um, that deserves a whole another podcast episode in and of itself. We'll get to that another time. But basically, it's the idea that your brain is motivated by three main things to increase your chance of physical safety and survival. And your brain's top three priorities are to seek pleasure, to avoid pain, and to conserve energy right? So seeking pleasure, survival, we want to eat, we want to procreate, and generally seek out things that are fun and easy, right? Avoiding pain makes sense. We want to avoid, you know, dangerous situations, being harmed, being excluded from the tribe. That would have basically been a death sentence um, back in the days where humans, you know, relied on each other for survival. So we're very motivated to avoid threatening or uncomfortable situations. And of course, conserving energy. Our brains have so much going on already, just trying to keep our bodies functioning that the more efficient it can be, the better, right? And so it uses these neural pathways to create habits of thoughts and feelings and even action so we don't have to deliberately think about how to get to Target or how to brush our teeth or how to open up an app on our iPhone, right? Our brains are experts at this. Think of how many things you do in a day without even thinking about or telling yourself how to do it. So this aspect of our brain is amazing. It keeps us running and functioning and efficient, but sometimes these tendencies can get us into trouble when we want to do something challenging or that takes effort because our brains are going to resist and tell us, "Um, yeah, let's wait on that actually. Maybe we'll do that hard thing someday, but definitely not today, right? Definitely not right now. It's very um, present focused in that it wants 
what is fun or comfortable or feels good now. It isn't so concerned with, you know, what's going to benefit you in the future. So anytime you're trying to do something outside of your comfort zone, something new, something different, something challenging, your brain is going to put up a fight. It's just how it's wired. (laughs) Now, the second thing working against us is our current wiring. All of those patterns and habits of thinking that have created our beliefs about ourselves, about other people, about our circumstances, about how the world works. There are so many things that we're thinking and believing that we don't even know are just our thoughts. We think they're facts, right? We take in all kinds of information from our own observations and experiences, things other people tell us, what we learn at school or at church, and we kind of form these ideas and beliefs, some of which are amazing and they serve us very well and some of which cause us some pain and some heartache, and they make our lives harder than they need to be. During my presentation on Sunday, I had this little math equation that I gave the kids, and it's one that it looks super simple at first glance, the way it's worded. It's a little bit tricky, and I had kids just shouting out the answer, right? But it's actually the wrong answer. Um, I've used this in several presentations, and I've never had one person, teenager or adult, come up with the right answer the first time. And it's a great little object lesson in how the first thought your brain offers you, the first answer you get um, to whatever situation or circumstance you're in, isn't always the right one. And this is what the model shows us so beautifully, right? That we have a circumstance and our brain offers us an automatic thought or interpretation of that circumstance based on our previous experiences or beliefs about it. And that first thought our brain offers isn't always the best one. If we make a mistake, our first thought might be, I'm so dumb, or I just can't do this, or I might as well just give up, or I'm not good enough, right? And those thoughts aren't true. They don't serve us, but they sure do feel like facts when they're the first thoughts our brain offers us. If someone does something we don't like or agree agree with, our brain might automatically offer up some really judgmental or defensive thoughts, right? But just because they're the first thoughts that come up doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean they're true. And this is what we mean when we say, don't believe everything you think, right? Because your first assumptions or interpretations of the situation isn't always right um, or, or helpful. And so the third thing we have working against us is we have outside influences, right? We have people that influence us. People can say things. They can offer us thoughts. And we have these other external forces working for us and against us that influence us as much as we let them. So first of all, we have a Heavenly Father and a Savior whose goal it is, in Moses 139, it tells us their goal, right? To bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. That is their work and their glory. Their ultimate goal is to help us not only return to them, but to become like them in power and glory and potential. We also have, we know, another force working against us, our adversary, aka the devil, right? (laughs) Whose goal it is to, and these are some phrases used in scriptures to describe what his work is, he wants to blind and confuse us. He wants to cheat our souls. He wants to lead us away captive, grasp us with chains, destroy our agency, deceive and overthrow us. Those aren't very nice goals, are they? <laughs> I think this quote from Elder Paul V. Johnson says it perfectly. He says, Satan's ultimate goal is to make each of us miserable like he is. Since he can't impose or force this misery upon us, he has to find a way to convince us to choose it. Convince people to choose to be miserable? It just sounds ridiculous. And yet by all observations, he has been fairly successful in the world at large. How do you sell misery, bondage, and disappointment? Well, you have to lie. He's a liar. In fact, he's the father of all lies. Satan is a master at marketing. He's been at it for a long time. But the foundation of his marketing scheme is always lies. 
So what are some of the lies that he tells us? These are a few that we came up with in our lesson. Things like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not important. Commandments are restrictive. God is disappointed in me. I'm not capable. I'll never measure up. Some people are more valuable than others. Something is wrong with me. I'm failing. My life shouldn't be this way. Right? It's thoughts like these that are so subtle, so sneaky, that we usually don't even know they're there, but they can discourage us enough to derail us and keep us from doing what we want to do in our lives. And these small, subtle thoughts can have a lot of power over us if we accept them and believe them. So we have on one hand from our Heavenly Father, whose goal it is to exalt and bless us, the influence of the Spirit, which we are told speaketh truth and lieth not, right? And on the other hand, we have the influence of the adversary, whose goal it is to make us miserable, who uses deceit and lies to confuse and discourage us and keep us from living up to our privileges in this life. And in my lesson with the youth, I had a bowl of candy that I compared to the thoughts that are offered to us. And just like I'd offered the kids this candy and some had taken it and some hadn't, we get to decide whether or not we will accept and believe the thoughts that are offered to us from these outside forces. Viktor Frankl said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So if you take a look at the model between our circumstance or the stimulus, right, and our actions or our response, there is a space. There's our thoughts and feelings, right, between those two. And in that space, there are options. In that space is where we get to use our agency to affect the outcome. There are different thoughts we can think that will influence what feelings we will feel, and those feelings will affect our response to that stimulus or our actions, right? And so this is why um, our thoughts are so important. They give us the power to choose the way we respond to the things happening in our lives. Our thoughts are so significant. The things you tell yourself, the things you're believing about yourself and the rest of the world, these things are so important because all of those little thoughts and beliefs add up to form what we call your mindset, right? Which is basically the lens through which you see and experience the world. Now, here's where it gets kind of interesting. We think our lens, our mindset, right, is truth. And in a way, it is truth for us, right? It's truth about our experiences and our perceptions and our interpretations of ourselves and, our, and the world around us. But our mindset, our mindset isn't truth for someone else, right? They have their own set of experiences and beliefs and perceptions that is truth for them. And so really, what is truth? There is, in reality, a very small amount of absolute truth that we have in this life. And there are even disagreements about what that is, right? So in this life, with our limited views and memories and perspectives, we are in the position to make true for ourselves whatever we want to be true. I am just as justified in believing that I'm worthy and important and lovable as in believing that I'm not. I can make the thoughts that I am powerful or I am helpless true for myself. Either way, right? I get to decide what I want to be true for me. I could find evidence for either thought. So which one is true? It's the one I choose to accept and believe and make true for myself. And by choosing my beliefs one tiny thought at a time, I am choosing what kind of mindset I will have and how I will see and experience the world. So let me give you a few examples of beliefs or mindsets that I've been working on adopting. Um, 
The first one is I'm not supposed to fix everything for everyone. This was a really hard one for me. I spent so many years running around trying to keep everyone constantly happy. My husband, my kids, you know, other people, because I thought that was just what it meant to be a good, nice, Christ-like person, right? Just keep everybody happy all the time, and then you can feel good and be happy. I'm sure some of you can relate to this, and it's kind of an exhausting way to live, right? First of all, we can't control other people's feelings, and second of all, when we run around trying to keep anyone from feeling any negative emotion, we keep them from their own learning and growth and development. So that shift of feeling like I needed to prevent and control everything to realizing that the people I love can experience disappointment and fear and sadness and failure and I didn't have to fix it all of the time. I could just sit with them and love them and support them while they figured it out was huge for me. And I know a lot of you know that already, but that was one mind shift that just changed my energy and really helped me show up in a more um, confident and loving way. Another belief um, that I've tried to incorporate is that the universe is on my side, that things are always working for me, right? That's not always an easy one to believe, but the more I've practiced it, the easier it gets. And it has brought me a lot of peace, actually. Of course, it's easy to believe that thought, right, when things are going the way we want them to, but when they don't go as planned or how we'd hoped... That's a whole nother story. I've had so many times in my life when I've wanted something, a really good thing, something I know God could grant with just the snap of his fingers if he wanted to, but it didn't happen. And that thought that things are always working for me, that the things I want and even the things that I don't want or that I think I don't want, right? Everything is working for me, for my benefit in the long run. And who knows, right? Who knows if that's really true, but it serves me. It brings me peace, and so I choose to believe it. Another one that I'm sure you've heard before is that what other people think about me is more of a reflection of them than it is of me, right? And I, I heard that one for a lot of years before it really clicked, and I started to believe it. Some of these things just take time. They come little by little, right? But do you know how much more confidence and peace of mind it's given me to make that belief true for myself? I can't tell you how much it has changed my life, that one little shift. I can't tell you how many things I've wanted to do but shy away from or told myself I couldn't do or just even avoided completely because I was worried about how others would perceive me. But as soon as I gave myself permission to truly believe others' opinions were more about them than they were about me, that was freedom, my friends. That is when you find out who you truly are and what you truly want and what you are truly capable of. So those are just a few examples of little thoughts that have added up to big shifts in my mindset. Now, maybe you're listening and thinking, this isn't really any new information, and you're right. I've talked about these things many times on this podcast, and I'm sure you've heard similar things from other sources. But it's one thing to know something, and a completely different thing to put it into practice, right? So I'm going to give you a challenge this week. We know that it is by small and simple things that we bring the great things to pass, right? Big changes don't come from one sweeping effort. The change that is real and powerful and lasting comes in little, tiny, consistent efforts. It's the same with thought work. Thoughts are tiny things. They're little sentences in our brains, right? And it's easy to think, okay, but how can changing one tiny thought really make that big of a difference? Well, each tiny thought matters, right? And we aren't going to be able to choose every thought that comes into our minds, not even close, right? But we don't always have to be on the defense, trying to keep the negative thoughts at bay. We can start thinking offensively. We can think about what we want to create and who we want to be. 
and figure out what the person who has the results that we want would think and believe and then go to work practicing those thoughts and making them true for ourselves. I'm going to share with with you um, just some of the thoughts that I had on this PowerPoint that I shared with the teenagers. And these thoughts are just little sentences. But if we really do the work to accept them and find evidence for them and practice them and believe them, they will change the way you feel and how you experience your life. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means. Um, It's just a few thoughts, but as I share them, notice which ones resonate with you. Which ones do you want to work on believing more and making more automatic in your own mind? So here are some of the thoughts. I am a child of God and he loves me. My potential is limitless. What others think about me is 100% about them. I am capable. I was made for this. I have my own back. I can do hard things. Things don't happen to me, they happen for me. I get to be responsible for what I think and feel. It's okay for people to be wrong about me. No one else has to like me, that's my job. Everyone makes mistakes and I learn from mine. I can create an amazing future for myself. I am in charge of the way I experience my life. The solutions to my problems are within my control. I have so much to offer the world. I can create confidence for myself anytime, anywhere. I am enough. So again, those are just a few of the unlimited supply of thoughts that are available to us, right? And my challenge to you this week is to take one small thought. It can be from this list or one you come up with on your own and just practice it. Sometimes I'll make it my screensaver on my phone. Sometimes I'll put it on my mirror, just anywhere that I will see it often. Um, I also like to set a time to practice, like when I'm getting ready for the day, um, when I'm out for a walk or sitting in a carpool line, right? As I said before, these thoughts don't always come naturally or easy. They take work. Um, You have the tendencies of your human brain, as well as those external forces offering you different thoughts, right? But you don't have to believe everything you think. You get to decide what is true for you. You get to be intentional about what kind of mindset you will view the world through. Again, thoughts are tiny, and this might seem like tedious work sometimes. And we don't always see the results right away, right? It takes time to rewire your brain and create new thought patterns, but this work is worth doing. Remember, you have the God-given power of agency to choose what you accept as true. President Spencer W. Kimball said man alone of all the creatures of the earth can change his thought pattern and become the architect of his destiny. I just love that visual. Your life is always moving in the direction of your most powerful, practiced thoughts. And when you can step back and see the results that you've created with your past thinking and the results you are creating now with your current thinking, you will see that so much more is within your control than you thought. So keep going. Don't get discouraged. I used to think that if I did enough thought work, I'd get to the point where I'd never have another negative thought or feeling again. And after years and years of doing this work, I've realized the negative bias of my brain and the lies that the adversary is offering aren't going to go away, right? The adversary isn't going to give up trying to tear us down just because we've learned some tools to manage our minds. Opposition from our brains, from our wiring, from the adversary, right? Wherever it's coming from, they're just a part of life. And they're actually vital in helping us learn to use our agency. So the goal isn't to completely rid ourselves of any negative thought or emotion ever, right? The goal is to have the skills and the tools that will help us thrive even in the midst of them. 
That is where the magic happens. When you're no longer afraid or intimidated by the negative, you gain so much leverage over it and you can move forward and create the life that you want and learn and grow all along the way. It's really the most amazing process and it's a lifelong process and we get to embrace it all, the easy, the hard, the good, the bad. It's just all part of our journey here on earth. All right, I'm going to leave you with those thoughts and that challenge, and I hope you take me up on that. Start today. It's never too late. There's never a better time to start rewiring your brain than the present moment. And if you'd like some help with this, this is the work that I do, and it's pretty awesome. I love helping my clients learn how to apply this work to their own unique individual circumstances, and I'd love to help you too. You can go sign up for a free call on my website at annettejoneslifecoaching.com. Or go follow me on Instagram at Annette Jones Coaching for more info and some other fun stuff I share. So message me with questions, sign up for the call. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, everyone have a great weekend and I will see you again next time. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to go to my website at AnnetteJonesLifeCoaching.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session where I'll help you see how the tools I teach on this podcast can be applied directly to your own personal challenges. You can also find information on classes I teach and get on my email list for a weekly dose of inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's AnnetteJonesLifeCoaching.com. I'll see you there.